Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Father, we worship you this morning, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. And we thank you, Father God, for being a good father to us. We thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the mighty prince of peace. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just come before you this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word be anointed and the words that come out of my mouth are words that come directly from you, Father. And I thank you and praise you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You know, I um, just want to say happy Father's Day to everybody here and out there over the um, Internet. This is the day that we celebrate our fathers. And, you know, as this morning I was thinking about all the the things that happen and all the, you know, all the, all the good things that God does for us and that he is our loving father who loves us more than anything else. And I was listening to that song as it was being sung, that one um, belong to you, belong to him, belong to you, whichever it is. But I was just thinking about how awesome it is that we belong to God. And how sometimes I think we forget who we are because of him. We forget that, you know, things happen in the world. Things happen in life. Things happen. And, you know, what sometimes I think about is all the things that happen sometimes when we're, um, that happened to us, and we said, yeah, Father, we believe you. We believe what your word says. We thank you that you take care of us, and when something happens, we run to the world to find out the answer. And that's sad, because the world doesn't have the answer. God is the one who has the answer. Jesus is the one who has the answer. The word is the one who has, is what the answer is in. And so many times, we, we, we forget that. You know, we, we'll say something here or to our Christian friends, but the, when the world sees us, are we portraying who our Father really is? Or we're saying, we're really no different. We just have the Jesus tag along. <laughs> we just have our ticket to heaven, and the rest of it's the same. It's not. We don't, we have not because we ask not. That's what God's Word says. Well, I don't understand it. Well, you know, how much time do you spend with him? How much time do you really, and how do you really believe in your heart? This is kind of an extra thing you're going to get this morning. I was just standing over there thinking about how many times do we, you know, we say these things and we'll say them in church or we'll say them in a meeting or we'll say them around our, friend, our Christian friends, but then We just falter sometimes. We don't need to do that. We need to speak what God says all the time. Amen? All the time, every day, all the time. Not just when we're around other Christians. Because does that make it real? Hallelujah. I hope you understand what I'm saying in that this morning. We're talking about this morning, the title, I titled it A Good Father, 
But we're really going to be talking about the good father. But in this, we're going to find out what it takes for us to be a good father. Now, I'm using a, a scripture that you might think, well, that's odd, but it's the prodigal sons. And everybody always focuses on the prodigal son, what he did, and how he left his dad, and how he came back. But you know what? Through this, it, our God's a loving father. And here's an example of a father. See, Jesus was giving. Did you know that, and I didn't know this until I got to researching it. And I, and I was looking and, and it was mentioned. I'm like, wow. I didn't. Jesus was using a Jewish parable. Did you know that? He just didn't come up with this. It was a Jewish parable. But you know what happened at the end of that parable? When the son started coming back, the father folded his arms and turned his back on him. Whew. But Jesus said, I want you to know who my father is. I want you to know I have, we have a good father, and he loves. I, when I heard that, I was like, wow. So Jesus took this parable that everybody knew, and he turned it to what it's supposed to be. This is who God is. This is who our Father is. Amen? Hallelujah. I just thought that was, that's just so awesome. You know, and, you know, one of the most important questions in your life, do you believe in God? But you know one that's just is important? What kind of God do you believe in? <laughs> there are all kind of gods out there. Not really, but you know what I'm saying. Idols. And then... What kind of God do you believe in? What do you believe about your Father God? Do you believe he loves you or do you believe he's that one that turns his back? Sorry, you messed up. I don't love you anymore. That's not our God. And that's what Jesus is trying to portray in this. He's, he's almost like, hey guys, forget all what you've heard and all that parable is and listen to what I have to say. Because we serve a God, a loving God. And so in this is an example to us of how to be a good father. We all want to be a good father, right? And we, we, we don't get it right all the time, right? But you know what? We have those chances to change. And in Luke 15, you know, this is like, first of all, it's about the lost sheep that was brought home with joy, Right? He talked about it in the first part of it. In the second part was somebody lost a coin, and it was found with joy. And then the third, it speaks about reconciliation and hope. Amen? Reconciliation and hope. See, Jesus is showing the sinners, the publicans, the Pharisees, all of them, this is what God is really like. We really have a good father. Because over the years, they've been taught that he was a mean God. You know, you've heard me say before that he's sitting on, I used to think he was sitting on the throne with this little lightning rod. And when I do something wrong, but he really wasn't because I'd been dead a long time ago if that's the way he was. Because he would have got me the first time. Who God is really, really like. So, really, the, 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 
the, fa- the star of this whole thing is the Father. Prodigal Son did what he did, but it's the Father and who he really is and how he really acted. You know, what, what's really cool is the, the Son, a lot of people are like, well, he was just a terrible, but you know what? Think about it in this sense. I read this little story about it, and I thought, you know, the son knew that his brother was probably going to get two-thirds. That's the way it was of everything. And he thought, you know, I'll just take my chances and go out and, you know, make good of myself. But you know what was really neat? He had a relationship with his father that he thought he could go to him and ask him. Right? So he had to have a pretty good relationship. If not, he would, you know, the father would have turned his back and said, well, are you crazy? You know, he wanted to travel. He wanted to see the world. He wanted to do all these things. Now, we'll talk about it in a minute, but he did squander it, and he didn't do the right thing. But his father, so first of all, a good father is available. Our God is available to us. Amen? We as fathers need to be available, right? And, and a good father is available. Now, when I, I'm speaking this, I will um, qualify this with, I've not always done it right, okay? But these are what we should be doing, amen? And we should take us, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how old your children are, you can start now and become more of that good father. So a, a father is available. A good father is available. Let's go to Luke 15. We're going to read 11 in the first part of 12. I got 12a. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. Now, this is after he told them about the lost sheep and the lost coin, and then he went a little further. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. In other words, I don't want to wait till you die to get my portion. I want it now because I want to go ahead and spend it. I want to go ahead and do what I want to do. I want to see the world. And who knows how, how long you're going to live and how old I'll be when it gets time. I want to do it while I'm young. That's probably kind of his thinking. But again, their relationship was such that the son thought he could go to his father. You know what? The father was available. He was understanding, and he was responsive. He responded. Maybe in a different way than we would have. We might have been, well, no, you're not doing that. See, the Pharisees, you know, They have a measure of their approach to God and how you do it and how, you know, it's kind of like he's far away and some of us feel like God's way up in the sky somewhere and, you know, he's not really that available, but he is available, more available because of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. He's very available. And you know what? Just like the Father, God is willing to meet us where we are. God's willing to meet us right where we are. No matter what you're going through, God's willing to meet you right where you are. You know, and and fathers, we need to look at ourselves. Are are we available? 
You know, yeah, we're, we, we're the breadwinners, the protectors, the head. You know, um, but maybe we need to be more available to our children, to our sons, to our daughters. What if this father hadn't been available? We wouldn't even have this story, right? Thank God he is available. Thank God he is available. He loves it. He's concerned about us and our well-being. You know what? I, I, I think probably the, that father probably had a little inkling. This probably won't go well. But I got to let him figure it out. I got to let him go and see. I'm going to give him his, his um, inheritance, and he's going to go and do what he's got to do. Because if he'd have held him back, it would always been contention. And he would always been, and he probably would have got to a place they didn't have a good relationship. So a good father is available. Also, a good father is generous. How many of you know that we have a generous God that loves us? Amen? We just, we just had our, we just took up our, our offering and offered our, our, our tithes and, and offerings to God. And it talk, it speak, all those things that we say are not just words. They all came straight out of Scripture. We serve a generous God. He gives back, opens the windows and the floodgates and gives back to us. And in Luke 15, 12, the last part of 12, in verse 13, it says, So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. It didn't take long to, for, <laughs> to see what was going on. But the father, he was generous and liberal. He wasn't just controlling. Well, you can't do this because you don't know what you're doing. No. He knew it was time to click the ropes and say, you know what? Go out. Now, the father probably, like we would have, would probably have desired his son to make a better choice. But, I, I read this little, th he said, but he knew his son had made up his mind. So all that would have been caused worse, worse. So he let, he let him go. And you know what? Maybe he hadn't learned all the lesson he needed, but Father sees growth in him. You know, and, and normally sin makes a person selfish, and they think about themselves and nobody else. Um, they don't want just their portion, but they want all they can get, right? But this son just, I just want what's due me. I, I don't want any more. I don't want part of my brothers. He didn't go and say, why can't you give me half? Why don't you give me a bigger portion? Because he's going to be here with you, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to need a little more money. You know, some people spend a whole lifetime trying to get what somebody else has got. I want what he's got. You know what? Look what he's got. Look what I got. Well, there might be a reason he's got what he's got, and you ain't got but know what you, you know what I'm saying. Right. 
But you know what? What's really neat about this is the father, not only the father being generous, but the, the, the thought of God has all power and all authority. Y'all agree with that? But he's willing to let us have our free will. Isn't that something? He could control everything we do and make us do what we want to do. He wants us to do. But he gives us free will. We're free to make choices, guys. And the other part of that is don't blame everything on God because you made the choice. Well, God made no. Mm-mm. God gave you the way and you said, no, I'm going to do it this way because I like it a little bit better. Right? I like it a little bit better. I think I could do better. God, I think I could do a little better than you did on this. Boy, is that a bad mistake. We better be listening to God and hearing him and doing what he says. So soon after that, it says that the son wasted all his money. He, was, he went from having, I don't know what a third was, probably a lot maybe. He went from that to zero, zero, nothing, nada, not a thing. <laughs> he didn't consider the limits he just lived an extravagant life, evidently, and it didn't take him long to mess up. You know, and the father was still generous, knowing that he might make a bad mistake. Like I said, I feel like that father probably had an inkling. He knew his son, right? And his son was so excited, and he, he got his eyes on the world and not on what he had with his father, and he thought, it's got to be better out there. You know, I won't have to be doing this, and I won't have to be doing that, and I won't have to be helping take care of the sheep and the cattle and the whatever else he had. I can just go out there and, you know, live fancy free, as the old saying goes. Again, God is so good. It's so great. As I said, God has all the power, but he allows us to have free will. So God's available, and he's generous. Amen? He's willing to give us what is due us. Well, thank God he gives us not what we do sometimes. Thank God for Jesus. So also a good father's influential. It says, Luke 15, 14, 16, it says, about the time his money ran out. Now think of that. About the time his money ran out, guess what happened? A famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He had no money, no anything. He was not with his family. He was not with his father who could have probably fed him, who could have given him what he needed. No, he was out on his own because he wanted to be free. I want to be free of my my parents, my dad. I can do what I want to do. I can have fun. Well, that'll run out. And then it says, but listen to this. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him up into his field to feed the pigs. And when we talk about influence, a good father has influence. Well, what kind of influence? That son had enough influence for his father to know, you know what, I got to work. I've run out of this free money, and I know what it takes to get some money, so I got to work. And he probably didn't want to do what 
he had to do. That was probably the only job he could find. Have anybody ever slopped pigs or took care of pigs? I did. My uncle had pigs, and he raised them. Even Peggy's daddy had pigs. It was a little better situation with Peggy's dad. That was my uncle. My uncle had pigs, and they were in a fence outside, and he fed them. And when they get ready to go, time to sell them, sometimes I'd get up early that morning before school and have to go chasing pigs around in the in. You ever smell pig stuff? It ain't good. It's nasty. And I'd have boots on, and I, I would smell like that when I got done, and I'd have to go go to school. I'd take a shower, but it took a while to get that smell off. I'm telling you, it was bad. So no, feeding pigs and doing that, mm, that ain't fun. It's not fun at all. So, but... He had influence. And the, the son took that influence his father had was, I got to work. You know, all that spending the money went away when it was done. He knew, I got to do something. Unfortunately, this time of day, a lot of people think they don't need to work and we, everybody else needs to feed them. But I, I won't go any further with that. But we have to work. You know, they used to tell us, you don't work, you don't eat. And when I was coming up, if I wanted anything outside of basically what was provided in my house, a car, gas, whatever, I went to work. A good father will have a positive influence on his children. And this father had a positive influence on his son. Even though his son had left and went out on his own, he was away from home. He still had the training and the influence that his father gave him when he was out there. And he kind of came to his senses in a way. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? He came to his senses. Well, you know what? I'm out of this money my dad just gave me. So I got to go to work if I want to eat. Right? But it was a, there was a famine in the land, so it was pretty bad. Um, you know, the son went out. He was having a great time. And he thought, man, I'm living the life. I'm, I'm doing more than I need. And you know what? The cost gets pretty heavy. It got pretty high for him, right? To the point of, I'm out. But you know what? There are a lot of things. If he hadn't had the, inf the good influence of his father, there's a lot of things he could have resorted to. He could have been stealing from somebody, right? He could have, um, you know, stealing, cheating, robbing, all that stuff. That's what he could have done. Well, that, that dude over there, I know he's got a lot. But he didn't do that because he still had what his father had taught him. He could have got into drugs and sold drugs or whatever. They had drugs back then. I'm sure they had some. Might have been drinking. I don't know. But he didn't resort to any of that stuff. He didn't go borrow money from somebody intending not to pay. He could have said, you know, my father's so-and-so, and he's got lots of money, and if you just let me borrow. He didn't do any of that. He knew what his father had taught him, and he went to work. Right? He went to work. You know, he was... Um, 
he was in that place and he could have done a lot of things but he decided to go to work and even at that work it wasn't a great great thing right so he had that influence of his father and then the next thing a good father is forgiving so I want you to go to the next verse 16 through 20 says, the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. I'm out here working, but evidently his boss expected him to eat whatever he could find. He gave him, he had a place, I guess, to, to lay his head down. He was living with the, the pigs. But he got to the point where what they're eating looks really good. And you know, it, I, I know in this day and time we feed them a lot. I know when... Peggy's daddy raised feeder pigs and you fed them this nice corn or whatever it was. And, but a pig will eat just about anything that's laying on the ground. Chicken will do the same thing, just so you all know. Um, anything that moves. You know, we have wild hogs around my house. And they come every once in a while and they'll just root up everything around the house. I came out one day and I said, what is going on? It was rooted all up around the house and they tore up a little small trampoline I had, and they're just terrible. They look mean, too, if you've ever seen one. So it says, but nobody gave him anything. Think he was learning a lesson? And then it says, when he finally came to his senses, <laughs> you know, when you finally come to your senses, he said to himself, you know, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. He got to thinking about, you know what? I, I, well, I'll just read the other part. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Now, I want to say, go back to this. I will go home to my father and say, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. He came to his senses. You know what? I'll be better off just working for my dad. He's already given me my stuff, my poor. See, there was no selfishness in that in a way. You know what I'm saying? There's no like, well, maybe daddy will give me some more. No, he said, I'll work for him. <laughs> I'll do whatever. Because he came to his senses. He, kind, he learned his lesson. And I'm going to tell you, when you're laying around in the pig stink, and you think the pig's food looks good, you're at the bottom, buddy. You're in a bad spot. You're in a bad place. And just, I, I don't know how he even got, ever got used to that smell. It's horrible. Maybe I ought to go to a pig farm one day and so say, I want to go hang out with the pigs a little while. But he came to his senses and he realized what he had done to his dad. He's like, you know what? He said, I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. How many of us, let's go to a spiritual sense, have come to that place in our life where like, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I've not become 
what I need to become. I have become something else. I have squandered your grace, God. Think about that. I have squandered your grace. I have put your grace to shame. I have just taken what you've given me and, and just put it aside. And here I am. I'm coming to my senses. So this is what Jesus is trying to explain. This is what a loving father does, right? So in the next verse, he says, please take me as a hired servant. So he returned home, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, and he turned his back on him. <laughs> no. That's what the first parable said. He said, filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and he kissed him. If we could get that kind of love inside of us. But that's what Jesus was saying. This is what our Father is really like. This is what God our Father is like. He loves us. And you can't go too low for him not to love you. You can't get too bad for him not to love you. He loved you before you were ever a Christian. If you're a Christian, he loved you previously. And I don't care what you do after you become a Christian. That doesn't give you a license to do it. But what I'm saying, he's still there. And when you decide to come back, he's going to welcome you with loving arms. He's going to embrace you. He's going to kiss you. He's going to say, welcome back, son. How awesome was that for this son? How awesome was that? He was met by his father who was available, remember? Generous, always influential, and now he's forgiving and compassionate. He's a God who is compassionate too. He had compassion. He had compassion for his son. He said, oh, man, I know he did all this to himself, but I love him. And he is, and could you imagine, what did that, he went and ran out and kissed him and hugged him, and he stank like a pig. Right? It doesn't say he went and cleaned up first, did it? See, God takes us just as we are. Our Father God takes us just as we are. A good father takes you just as you are. Hmm. You know, that was never a moment that this father wasn't longing for his son to come back. I don't think there's ever a moment that our Father is not longing for us when we leave the fold to come back. He's standing there like, come on, my son, my daughter. Hmm. You know, one of the things says he fell on his neck and showered him with kisses. My goodness. This, especially for the Jewish tradition, this was totally out of character, right? Totally uncustomary, totally out of tradition for something like this to happen because the father was like, mm. And that's the way God had been portrayed. But Jesus said, I come change all that. I came to show you who our God really is, who your father really is, who my father is. You know, Jesus said, I don't say anything except what the Father says to me. So 
God's saying, look, you got to show them. You got to show them. The Savior, God always runs toward the sinner. Right? So in verse 21, his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is fine. So the party began. Woo! What kind of reaction? Nobody was expecting that kind of reaction, right? I mean, think about it. See, what this kiss meant This kiss meant that there was total restoration. He had totally been restored. The fellowship was totally restored. That's what this meant. That's what this kiss meant. That's what this acceptance meant. The second thing was the ring. You know what that meant? The position of authority was restored. He didn't just welcome him back and say, yeah, come, son, live with me. I'll let you do some chores. No. He was restored. His fellowship was restored. His power and his authority was restored. And the, the robe meant his father had him covered, had covered him. He covered all that junk, all that stinking pig stuff, and all that stuff, he covered it up. And when he brought in the shoes, it meant he's a son, not a servant. See, he was a long way off, right? So before he brought him back into his house, he had to show him, hey, he's my son. He's fully restored. His fellowship's been restored. He has the same authority he had. And they didn't see the sins. Think about that. Jesus covered us and the father doesn't see the sins hallelujah you know that's so awesome to me and you know what the party means the fellowship oh, let's get it on the fellowship's back not just with the father but with the whole place the whole community everybody fellowship's been restored you know, when a person leaves Christ and comes back and they come back to Christ, we as a body of Christ celebrate, right? He's come back. He experienced the full measure of the Father's mercy and grace, and so can we, and so do we. And fathers, we need to learn from this how to be like God is, how to be the father that loves. So, yes, our children may go out and do all kinds of things, but when they're ready and they've had all they can take, we got to be ready to love them and accept them, right? And say, come on, 
Come on. I'm going to put the robe back on you. I'm going to hug you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to give you a ring. I'm going to give you shoes. You're my son. You're my daughter. Amen? So a good father is compassionate. Not only did was he everything else, but he was compassionate. And God and this father celebrated. There was celebration, right? We need to learn to celebrate. Amen? We need to learn to celebrate with God. We need to learn to celebrate those things that are worth celebrating. This was worth celebrating to this father. I want to I read. I, I don't have this in the notes or anything, but I want to read this to you in the, the, the Passion Translation. But one of the things I want us to think about as fathers, do we have that father's heart? Are we willing to be able to welcome back when, when, when there's restoration? And, and then when you think about our Father God and how loving he is, and this, this betrayal Jesus gave them, he took a, an old parable that had God as a mean God that whenever you tried to come back, he'd turn his back and he wouldn't speak to you and you were shunned forever into a God that loved you, that ran before you even got there. He ran out to meet you so nobody else would see where you were, what you were, and he covered you. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that totally awesome that we have a God like that? I'm going to start in verse 11. I'm going to read this whole little passage. And um, said, then Jesus said, once there was a father with two sons, the younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed between the two sons their inheritance. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all he was given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. didn't take him long. With everything spent and nothing left, he grew hungry because there was a severe famine in the land. So he begged a farmer in that country to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed the pigs. The son was so famished, he was willing to eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him a thing. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing, and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want with plenty to spare. They lack nothing. He's saying, you know, even the hired servants in my father's house lack nothing. I'd rather be one of them than what I am now. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding these pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house, and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you. I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your employees. He, that's all he wanted, <laughs> to be back near his father. So the young son set off for home from a long distance away. His father saw him coming dressed as a beggar. And great compassion swelled up in his heart for his son who was returning home. The father raced out to meet him, swept him up in his arms, hugged him dearly, and kissed him over and over with tender love. Then the son said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. could never deserve to be called your son. Just let me be. The Just let me be. And the father interrupted him and said, Son, you're home now. 
Turning to his servant, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe, my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the ring, seal of sonship, and I'll put it on his finger. And bring out the best shoes you can find for my son. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate. For my beloved son was once dead, but now he's alive. Once he was lost, but now he is fine. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. You know, not just the father celebrated. It said everyone Everybody was excited. And we know the re- there's more of the story about his brother, but I won't go into his brother's issues. And his brother wasn't too fond of what happened. But, you know, this morning, as I was reading this, I was thinking about, can I even have that kind of father love? You know what I'm saying? I know I can through him. But I'm saying, am I there? Are we there? Are we to that point or to that place? You know, dads, I want to say, God's given us a big job and a big responsibility. No matter what the world says, he's given us charge over our home, spiritually and in every way. And this morning, as we think about how great our God is, how loving and how forgiving. Wow. Such forgiveness. If nothing else, you got out of this today, Hopefully you got out of how forgiving our God is. Can't go too far, right? He loves you. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand this morning. You know, I want to pray for the fathers this morning. I want to pray for all of us. You know, I'm thankful. Thankful for my father who been a good example to me and I can call him right now and say I need something and he'll do it I call him all the time would you go out to my house I forgot to do this I forgot he lives next door so he'll run out there even though he's he'll either get in his he usually gets in his golf cart you know, he'll be he'll be 92 come July the 30th and thank God I'm blessed with him that long and um but he doesn't hesitate well I don't think I can do that no he just goes in it. and the Lord knows how he loved me because in my early years, I wasn't the best son that could be. <laughs> but you know what, guys? God has given us a responsibility. All the fathers that are here, all those who are online watching and, you know, uh, hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Father, we thank you praise you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for all the fathers that are here. And Lord, in a few minutes, Darren's going to call us, call him up, and we're going to do a special prayer. But I thank you, Lord, for, for our Father God and for our Jesus who explained and showed us how great our Father is. He came and he sacrificed. Jesus sacrificed his life. The Father let his son come down. Just think of the love he has for his son he has for us. We've been, we've been adopted into that family. So Father, I thank you for every man and every person, every father represented here. I thank you, Lord, for the families. I thank you, God, for your grace. And Lord, we just come before you this morning, giving you praise and glory and honor for you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I thank you, Father. And Lord, I just thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you honor, Father. Lord, just be with us today. 
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I also want, Darren, when you come up, after we pray for the fathers, I'd like for all those that are here that are going, the youth are going to Forward Conference come Thursday. And I know that Robert, he had to fill in for his dad this morning, and he's not here. I know Robert's going, and Amanda's going, and Caleb's going. Pray for them. We got a, a, a church van full. And um, those who are here that are going, I know we got some out this morning. We want them to come up. God bless you. Thank you.